Right, hello everyone. Right, 11th of May, Singavial, Google Hangout, one o'clock. I thought we would have some appropriate music today just to get us going, which I think would set the, would set the uh, scene. So here we go. What do you think? I think this is this actually, given who we're with today. Everyone know who that is? Anyway, we have today me, Neil Singer, Del Henry. We're going to introduce to everyone a new man on the block at Singerville, Ed Jeffs. Hi, everyone. And we have James from Leverton. Hi, Hi, guys. And Ollie and Andy from Coyote. So we are a very tech heavy session this week. So remember, CPD accredited. If anybody wants a CPD certificate, you just have to give us a call or send us an email afterwards and we will send you a CPD certificate. Secondly, remember, join our YouTube channel, sign up so you'll get notifications every time that there is a new hangout occurring. And of course, don't forget podcasts. Don't forget we've got our podcast channel so you can now... <laughs> You can now um, listen to us on the train or on the aeroplane whenever you fancy. So you're all going to find that fascinating. So let's go. Oh, we've got a new man with us. Well, let's give us the news. Let's do the news. To, let's do the first news at Singavial. The first big news at Singavial is we have two new members of the team. We have Ed Jeffs, who joins to give us some youth and ex youth and energy in the London office. And in Scotland, we have Doug. Doug, are you there? Can you hear us? Yes. Can you hear, hear us? You. Yes, can you hear you? Can you can hear, hear us? Can you hear? Oh, Doug. Hello, Doug. Yeah. Right. So Hi. Doug has joined us to boost the SingVL team in Scotland. And we would like Graham online, but he's having his technical difficulties. So Doug used to be at JLL like me many years ago. Yeah. And he's going to bring a wet uh, experience and drive to the Scottish office. So the point about this is that the Singerville team is growing. We are very keen to expand our network. The Scottish office, um, where Doug has recently joined Graham, has been a great success. It's, it's turned Scotland into a probably, I would say, one of the high sales businesses in the Scottish market. And we're looking to expand Singerville further. So if there's anyone out there who wants to join us, either as a franchisee, we're very keen to open in Manchester in particular, um, or also Birmingham, also Leeds. So if you're interested, please talk to any of us in confidence and we'll explain to you how it all works and you can join the team. Um, equally, if you're an associate, you can join us as an associated agency if you're interested in using all the marketing tools that we've developed over many years um, to help boost your business. So please call because we're trying to expand and the way agency is going, we all should help each other. So that's the enlarged team. So I'm just going to, if I can, I will introduce formally Coyote and Leverton shortly, but I, and everyone can join in, but there's, I just want to go through the big news, to, the big news today, guys. Zoopla. Has anyone, has everyone heard what's happened to Zoopla? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, look, go, give, yeah. So please God buy you is what I say. 2.2 billion. Um, that was a bit unexpected, wasn't it? Does that mean we're next, Neil? We, well, yes. <laughs> well, how, do, how should we define we? 
I'll yeah, send you a contract. You know, so I, you know, I'm not greedy. I'm 2.2 billion is not actually um, a number I would hold out for. We would, we would hold out for. We would hold out. For, <laughs> we would hold for. But I'm interested. Look, as Koi, I'm, I think actually, what I'm going to do is we normally talk about what's going on in the market. But I want to. I'd like to. I'd like to bring in the Coyote and the Leverton guy straight away, because I'd like them to tell everyone what they do. And um, as we talk about tech, I think then perhaps it'd be very interesting talking about. About what's going on in terms of the tech world. So, who wants to go first, James? Do you want to tell, yeah. us, do you want to tell everyone about Leverton? Yeah, certainly. Very happy to go first. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, James Borum. Uh, I work for Leverton. I set up or helped set up the UK business uh, around about two years ago. Uh, that was me and one of my other colleagues, Richard Belgrave. Uh, our business has gone since I joined from about 40 staff to 95 globally. Uh, we have offices in London with about 12 staff here, uh, central office in uh, in Berlin and uh, a US office now as well. Um, our business really focuses on using AI to automate the document extraction in real estate contracts. So we look a lot at lease files, lease agreements. Um, we are looking at other document types at present, um, but our focus today has really been on lease contracts. We support corporates, property managers, lawyers, uh, investors in property, uh, basically the whole property ecosystem. Okay, very interesting, really interesting. Um... For all lawyers, I, I all lawyers I'm talking to now, they're all they're all using AI. Um, Ollie, Andy, uh, what's, what's the story on um, Coyote? Let me share my screen again for everyone. The story with Coyote, you really have to go back to uh, M7 Real Estate, and day one of M7 Real Estate that goes back to sort of 2009. Decision was taken really to put data and tech at the heart of that business. Uh, they did some research in the marketplace. There was nothing out there to buy. So with nothing to buy, uh, they built. Uh, there was 11 founding partners. I think what was unique is that one of the founding partners, Ollie, sat here on my right, was a developer by trade. So in his words, he sort of went into the basement, put some headphones on, grew a beard, which he remains to this day, and uh, coded version one of Coyote. Yeah, no, it is a prerequisite. I have noticed that any any coder has a beard. I think that's uh, is, even it's, if it's uh, even if it's stuck on. You need but, it to get into the club. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, certainly. So, and it was I, a platform that helped M7 grow from what zero assets under management to where they are now to sort of north of five billion. Our story, if you like, is 2016, late 2016. Uh, decision taken to spin out what was essentially the internal software team out of M7. That team then merged with my business. I had a uh, advertising and creative business. So Coyote really is a blend of or a marriage of developers and designers. We came together, spun out of M7, bought the IP from M7, created a completely new standalone company and went about selling Coyote to the sort of wider property market. Okay. Okay, great. All right. So look, let's go into let's go into um hope that was an introduction for you. Let's go into the those businesses in a bit more detail in a minute. But I'm really interested in as everyone is of course tech heavy, I'm very interested in two pieces of news today. So the first one is Zoopla. All right, so as as I was saying earlier, two point two billion purchased by Silver Lake. The shares have gone up by thirty percent. I don't know where they are now, but they're certainly this morning they've gone up by thirty percent. And Silver Lake has d describes itself as the world's leading investment firm focused on technology 
and technology-enabled businesses with around 39 billion in assets under management. And um, what's it? What I what I think is interesting is I mean I haven't followed. I bet you guys know better. But um, there's been an enormous amount of investment into prop tech, and it just shows, I suppose, really how what money's around. I don't know if there's any. I don't know what the story is why they've bought Zoopla. If anyone's got any, I don't know if anyone's heard of any rumors why they've done it. Sure, I think there's some chat that, that could be around looking to take the brand um, much more internationally um, and, and really expanding out the footprint and seeing what they can do through that. But uh, yeah, time will tell. That's a, that's a good point, actually. I didn't think of that. Yeah, maybe international, I suppose, in the way Purple Books have done it. So you, you got, but you guys are just UK based, is that correct? UK and Europe? Yeah, we have uh, yeah we have UK based clients, but they have assets and portfolios in Europe. We're okay. we're looking at expanding into Europe. Uh, again, it's uh, probably Holland uh, our first market, but uh, yeah, that's part of our roadmap for for this year. Okay, but James, you you guys you you said you started in America, didn't you? Uh, we no, we started in Berlin actually. Oh uh, Berlin, so, oh, okay, no, my mistake. So, uh, around five years ago now, we started in Berlin. Um, yeah, so we're a spin out of the German Artificial Intelligence Agency. Okay, okay. So that's the okay. So that was the first piece of news that I thought was really interesting. And the second one was I don't know if you guys saw, but eMove uh, and Tipillo have announced they're going to merge, which was quite interesting. I've had um, views about the online agency market for a while. I mean, again, as tech people, have you got any particular views? Where do you think the online agency world is going to go? I'm interested. To, I know I'm putting you on the spot here. But just given that you're tech gurus, I, I have to say, I've got to be honest, I think because it's Resi, um, it slightly sits outside my sphere. Um, I've sort of spent my, my last 10 years of my career in, in commercial real estate, and I haven't really, really got that. Yeah, into it. Okay. Side, but, All right. Um, no. it's, it's interesting. I don't know if it's I don't know if they've actually announced it um, or whether it's sort of got out. Um, I don't know. Well, I'm not quite, quite sure where it is. It's probably an, I would guess it's probably an intentional rumor isn't it you know intentional leak i don't know but i thought that was also very interesting because i my, my view about the online agencies has changed somewhat i thought it was very um i, I go back a couple of years i thought that they were going to kill the high street but actually i don't anymore i think if they have don't provide the service level they won't survive so maybe they're coming together to provide a better service level interesting anyway let's talk let's talk property we'll come back to tech in a minute if we may let's talk property dale 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 henry Hello. Would you like to tell people, as a quick overview, what we've been up to Singavio wise on the property side? Sure, happy to. Um, what have we been up to? So, uh, okay, so only today, a couple of hours ago, we actually just exchanged contracts on one of the properties we were selling, a retail investment in Torquay, um, which we sold, exchanged contracts online um, to an overseas Greek investor. Um, uh, who paid the asking price £265,000. It was a, a retail investment let with short-term income two years to William Hill. So that's literally hot off the press, just been done. Um, we've got a number of properties we've recently launched to the market, uh, which you'll find on our on our sales site. Um, just to give you a quick overview, we've got a multi-let industrial trade counter investment in up in Gateshead. Really prominent roadside location, fronting a dual carriageway. It's fully let. Various um, add value opportunities on that one. 
we're quoting just under three and a half million, six and a half percent with a guaranteed uplift. We've um, we've got a Holland and Barrett retail investment coming up for sale um, at auction, online auction next week on Wednesday. So there's still plenty of time if anyone's interested having a look at that one. Um, guide price is £450,000, 6.4%. We've got a shop and uppers in Fairham. We've got some long dated income in Plymouth. Um, we're working on a number of other sales which we'll be coming to the market with over the next, imagine, week or so, such as a car showroom investment up in the northwest with about just over 11 years to a very secure covenant, be just under two and a half million. We've got an office investment coming up in the northeast. Again, let's two very secure tenants on an established business part. That's about one and a half million pounds. And we've got a couple of high yielding retail investments, small lot sizes, one in Lancashire, one in Cumbria. So that's um, so we're busy. Um, and as I said, keep an eye out because they'll be coming through to the market shortly. If you anyone interested in some early info, just get in touch with one of us. Okay, thanks, Dale. Thanks, Dale. Graham, are you turned? Is it working? You working? I hope so. Yeah. Good. Good. Okay, Graham. Tell us, tell us what's going on in Scotland. Uh, yeah, we're about to relaunch the Superdrug in here. The client has decided to um, rejig what we're offering there, so we're offering the ground floor only investment at 1.5 million, which is 12.3 percent to oh, Superdrug. So it's not a great line. Um, is it not? Well, there's not been a great line. Yeah. Go on, carry on. Good. Try again. Try again. We've got Superdrug, so we don't know that. Superdrug, so we don't know that. Superdrug in here. That's, that's, that's too much that's feedback, Neil. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, Douglas. Douglas. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Um, so Graham, we're, we're, Graham's recently um, persuaded you to join the team in Scotland, which we're delighted with. So do you want to just just give everyone a bit of your background because you've got a very interesting background, and I'd love to hear why um, you've joined the team actually. Or tell. Well, I know why. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, similar to you, Neil. My my formative years were spent at um, Jones Lang, um, mine in Scotland, um, and I spent about fifteen years there. Um, the last five managing the Glasgow office. I then uh, um, crossed uh, over into the uh, client side and established a small niche uh, asset manager. which did a joint venture with Scottish Widows, and since then I've had uh, some small um, asset management uh, roles with uh, small property companies. But I've um, known Graham for many years and um, started to chat with him a few months ago um, uh, and get very interested in what he'd been doing for the last few years in terms of developing in the brand of Singer VL and rolling that model out. And it's been really well received in Scotland. And Graham's done some fantastic work over the last two years developing that brand and getting some, um, some traction to the sales. And um, I just hope that that uh, working together with him, we can make uh, it's very encouraging that even already, just since the news has got out that I'm joining in the last few days, I've already had a, more than a handful of calls from my contacts in the industry and all speaking very highly about what uh, the, the industry hopes that Graham and I can do together and um, what um, we might be able to, uh, to, to do. And more importantly, how the industry is really, I think, um, embracing the Singer VL sales platform um, and how so many people... Um, really genuinely think that there's really nothing much else out there that's similar and so I'm looking forward to um, to getting my, my uh, 
um, my hands onto that and, and using that um, because it is a new uh, market leading um, platform and um, seeing if we can expand the business further in Scotland. Great, that's great. Thanks, thanks very much, Doug. And I didn't give him any wording there to say. It was all, all <laughs> out of Doug's mouth himself. And um, you know, we look, we've been pushing our model for some time, as, as everyone knows, and it's very encouraging to have someone as senior as Doug um, joining the team in Scotland. And I hope it will encourage other people to join join us as the market changes. So that's the property side. All right, let's talk tech. Let's go back to tech. So let, if any, anyone's got any questions to our guests, please jump in, all right? Because um, this is a very open discussion. So James, let's go back to you for a moment. Should we go back to, and please talk about Leverton. Sure. So how did, what brought you to the business actually? Well, what was your, you were, you were in banking, I think. Yeah, I was, I was in investment banking, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really good question. Um, so I, um, I was looking to join a smaller business. Um, I wanted the idea of creating something uh, larger out of something quite small. I used to work at Citigroup. So you've got a firm with 250,000 employees. It's very difficult to, to make a difference unless you're particularly senior in an organization like that. So as a young person, I was keen to, to get into a slightly smaller business and uh, try and progress and build something. And I thought Leviton's technology was very interesting. Uh, I was reading a lot about machine learning and how that was going to influence sort of the future of the workplace, if you like. Um, and yeah, that, that's why I got involved and I, I got on well with Rich and, uh, and it's worked well since. So uh, yeah. When was that? When was that, James? Uh, that was around two years ago. Yeah. Okay. And have you seen? How have you seen things move in two years? Uh, a lot. I think people's attitudes in the UK have really changed, uh, particularly in property. I think one thing that's always been true when we go and speak to organisations is that they're aware that technology is there, um, but there's been a natural resistance to to change existing practices. And I think I've definitely seen the the attitude in in terms of looking at disruptive technology change. I think people are more open to trying something new. And actually, um, we see this a lot in the US. Actually, people are willing to to trial new technology quite quickly and quite rapidly, whereas decision making is a bit slower in the UK. Um, but I think that's really changing. I think people are a lot more open and willing to invest and partner with us. So. Um, yeah, attitudes have definitely changed. And have you got guys? Have you have you guys seen the attitude change? Definitely, absolutely. I think that's part of the reason that we decided to spin out in the first place. Is that frankly, if we'd have gone and had a conversation three or four years ago and said, "Hey, I was chief technology officer of M7," they'd be like, "Oh, you know, I've picked the wrong conversation here." And now, if you go and say to people that you work in real estate technology, they're actually really interested. They want to have a conversation. They want to understand what you do, how you can make them better, more efficient, make them more money. Like that, that's what it's all about, right? They're all looking at how they can, how they can embrace it. Yeah, I think I think what you just said there's the key. It's money. It's about yeah. money. I, yeah. I I I think that there's a lot of prop tech ideas around, which are great ideas, but they're solving problems that don't really exist, and um, so that's why they're not really able to leverage them up. But I think what's happened is there's the market dynamics have changed, um, and people are looking for solutions. I, I get a lot of feedback from the CEOs of the big agencies in particular who are very much looking to change things. And um, they're, they're, it's probably very confusing to know which way to go, to be honest with you. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting time. I've seen, a, I've, seen, I've seen the last three months a dramatic change of interest in what we do. So, yeah. you know, I mean, and you, but we haven't won an award like you guys. <laughs> Our first award. <laughs> Did you, you you won an award? Did you, Ollie? I didn't know that. We we won an award at the UK at the UK Prop Tech Awards. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm winding you up. I've seen it plastered all over LinkedIn. It's, it's here if you, if you want to see it. Yeah, hold it up, hold it up. I, well, it was yeah, actually left on the bar for about half an hour. It doesn't I'm, look I'm very clean. Yeah. It, we, we, quite a lot of fingerprints. Can I, can I add it? We nearly won an award this week. We nearly won an award. We were a finalist at the Variety Club um, lunch, which was... Um, for, yeah. We were up for the category for click to purchase for Procter Company of the Year, and it went to VTS, which I suppose wasn't a surprise. Got more money than us, <laughs> you know. I mean, am I that cynical? Well, maybe. Anyway, so, but I think the attitudes have changed enormously. Um, I, let me ask you guys, Coyote. So you, your background was M7, which um, I'm familiar with. Actually, should we tell people exactly clearly what you guys do? Because I know, I think Leverton, I think it's clear that you're, you know, your machine learning. I think your yeah. document, I think if, if we say to people AI, machine learning of documentation, it's actually easy to understand, isn't it? Yeah, I hope so. Definitely. I think, I think, I mean, how I would say is that I'm yet to meet a lawyer who's not using you. And nearly all the lawyers I know, are, 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 or if they're not using <laughs> your company, I don't know if there are competitors out there, but they're certainly all starting to use AI to read documents. Yeah, we're the, we're the only guy who focuses in property in the way that we do. Um, so there, there are one or two other providers that focus very, focus very much on the legal market. But uh, we work very often with, uh, we recently announced a press release that we're working with Sports Direct. We've got a number of corporates on our, uh, our roster. Um, and we've got a large, large investment institutions as well. So, yeah, we, we really plug into the property market as a whole rather than just the legal market, which a lot of these sort of uh, legal technology companies. So what do you mean you're with Sports Direct? In what sort of... So, so we basically manage or help support them for all their non-UK um, real estate portfolio, which is around three hundred eighty-five assets. Oh, I see. Okay, all right. So we're okay. So let's let's on Coyote. Can I just ask you guys to explain a bit more clearly for everyone exactly how they can benefit from the Coyote system? Yeah, absolutely. So Coyote is a web-based platform. You can access it anytime, anywhere, on your phone, on your tablet. Probably the two things to get your head around Coyote is the life cycle and then our hub approach. I'll take, take the first one, life cycle. So Coyote tracks an asset through its life cycle. We split the life cycle into four. Is that, so the, right, is that the right screen I'm showing people there? Uh, I can bring up a slide. Well, not really. Goes. I think Ollie's going to bring up a slide. slide. Oh, okay. Ooh. First, uh, first test of a tech company where you can bring up the uh, tech itself. Oh, what's happening there? Let's see if that's going to work. You still hear us, all right? If not, yeah. I'll just keep talking. So, You're there. You're there. Carry on. Lifecycle and hub. So lifecycle first. So Coyote tracks an asset through the lifecycle, and we split the lifecycle into four. Introduction, acquisition, management, and then ultimately disposal. And then we split that lifecycle of four into two modules. So we have Coyote Market and Coyote Managed. So Coyote Market, the first time you hear about an asset or portfolio, you log it into Coyote, and this is where you do all your deal flow, all your due diligence. And it's essentially what Coyote Market does. It makes it easier, more efficient to, to buy assets and portfolios. And then Coyote Managed, once you've then bought those assets or portfolios, you move over onto the managed side of the system. And again, it's about bringing in your data from your property management system. So uh, that could be a Yardie, an MRI, a Cube. These are great accountancy-based systems, but actually they're not really coming at it from a sort of property-first mentality. And what Coyote does is 
pull in the data from those accountancy-based systems and displays it with a sort of a property head-on, for want of a better phrase. So we then visualize that data, we allow you to report on it, but essentially it's, it's allowing property people to do what they need to do a lot more efficiently. The second thing I mentioned was the hub approach, and I don't know if you've seen some recent press from us in terms of our partnerships with Riala and, and Infobode, but what Coyote does, it acts like a hub, and hub we mean it sort of integrates and aggregates data from multiple different systems into one place. You know, we, we don't think there's going to be one tech company out there that solves it all for commercial real estate. There's just too many pieces of the jigsaw. Yeah. And likewise, it doesn't make sense for us as tech owners to, to replicate what Riala are doing, to replicate what Yardi are doing. You know, they're already best in class in their own worlds. But our clients don't want to be logging into, you know, five, six different systems on a daily basis. So what we do, we pull it all in together into one place and then we overlay workflows. So we overlay things like notes and tasks, but particularly then reporting. And then we make that data accessible. As I said earlier, you can access it anywhere, anytime, on your phone, on your tablet. And that's, that's pretty much how Coyote works. It's, it's about the life cycle, tracking a property from start to finish, and then enriching that client's data, enriching the client's own data, by pulling in other data sources, so they get a much fuller, richer view of the market. Can I can I just ask quickly? Um, do you do you think that your platform caters well for the sort of co-working office space providers at the moment? I mean, there's a lot of that sort of going. It's very much on the rise, isn't it? And do you get a lot of interest from those, you know, we, WeWorks and Office Group and such like? We haven't done much on the co-working side so far. We've been predominantly focused around more around sort of office, industrial, retail. Yeah. Um, Getting a lot more inquiry around student housing and, and, and sort of PRS at the moment. Okay, um, all right. Yeah. But is it somewhere that you perhaps target, seeing as it's so sort of, you know, on the rise as it were at the yeah, moment? Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that we're keeping a, keeping a close eye on just because it's going. You know, all right. I think, you know, anyone who has a, any kind of connection to commercial real estate, you know, Thames Water, you know, mentioned uh, Sports Direct. Yeah, yeah. Could potentially be a customer of Coyote at some point. What we've done at the start is, you know, with such a potential wide universe, we've really sort of stuck to, to where we know and uh, what we know Coyote is in a real sweet spot for right now. Mm. Can I ask you, um, it's interesting what you just said there because I think that there's been um, a marked change. Um, I think there is a very much a collaborative approach these days, whereas if you roll by the clock, say two, three years ago. I don't know if you've had this actually, guys, because I don't know, I, I'm not sure who are your clients. It'd be interesting if you could both tell us actually out of the big agencies, but if I went to see a CEO a couple of years ago, one of the big firms, they would say, if it's not ours, we don't want it. Whereas I think today there's a change of attitude. It's actually much more a collaborative approach. People realizing, why would you redevelop something yourself when it's out there for you, you can have it tomorrow. I mean, I, I, do you, I, I've seen that attitude change enormously. Have you guys had that as well? I can speak on behalf of Leverton on this and um, we, we've definitely seen attitude change and actually the way that our product works is that um, we sort of share the learning or the teaching of the, the platform and the machine learning um, with all our users. So if, you know, one of our clients, biggest clients is JLL, um, if JLL puts a lot of leases through our platform, then all our clients will benefit from that. Um, likewise, if another big agent does as well. Um, so it is kind of a, a sharing model in that way. Um, 
and people are pretty comfortable about that. Initially, there was some resistance, you know, um, am I training the platform for my competitors? But in reality, it's just bringing in and advancing a whole industry rather than seeing it as a negative thing that people have really changed their mindset on. Um, for you, uh, for, for Leverton, mm. there's not really a branding um, aspect to it because it's a tool which is used by the lawyers or anyone in the industry. But, but for Coyote, do, do you white label it for anyone? Do people need it? Do they want it to show their agency name or? Absolutely, yeah, it's totally white label. So everyone gets to it through their own their own domain name with their company name in it. Um, you know, it's branded. They'll have their logos, and then all the reports that spit out of it are totally theirs. So their their colours, their fonts, their brands. You know, the goal of Coyote is to produce the same documents that they were producing anyway, but without having to produce them manually. But it's very much theirs, yeah. And do they? And that, so, your client base is what is both is agent and also owner, like M Seven. Yeah, so we are with a twofold client base really. We've got the investors and investment managers, and then we've got the managing agents. Um, to be honest with you, whilst we approach the we fell into the managing agent business a little bit. We we really built the platform for investment managers um, around. But once we uh, started working with uh, investment managers, quite clearly, often they use their managing agents to manage the data. So the, the property managers would, would run the yardies or the cubes. So once we started doing the integrations, we had to go to the managing agents and say, hey guys, we need to integrate with you and this is why and this is what Coyote is. And then quite quickly they started saying, well actually this is something that could really benefit us too. Uh, and it wasn't really an angle we'd thought of until we started sort of having those conversations and then getting that feedback. Okay. Um, okay, I'm gonna ask because Graham, Graham had a question for you but his signal's not great. So he's going to mime and I'm going to pretend I'm Graham for a moment, all right? So Graham wants to know this. He said, um, we're all aware of one particular company who offers a service for not a significant cost to provide transactional data. However, the reliability of that data can often be questionable. What are you doing to, in terms of your own data and selling it back to the people who are providing you with the data? So there's, I think there's maybe a slight misconception in terms of where we sit, um, as opposed to your, uh, I don't know if we want to, as opposed to your, you know, the, the big market leading data providers who are going to provide comparable evidence. That's not what we do. We don't actually provide comps data. What we provide is an empty shell system where commercial real estate businesses can store their own proprietary information that they're constantly receiving every day. So every conversation they have in a pub, every conversation that they suddenly have over email, it gives them a central repository to store that. So it gets it out of people's brains and out of people's emails and out of people's you know, shared drives and puts it in one central place where it can, they can then make use of it, right? Because then, you know, let's say that somebody, uh, an investment manager, hears about a, uh, I don't know, a care home in South Wales. And, you know, it's of no interest to them because they're not interested in buying care homes. But by logging it into Coyote, if suddenly in two years' time they take on a mandate where they are, they have all that historic information. They've got the tenancy schedules. They can go back and they can use that to understand how not only um, the, the historic information, but obviously how the market's moved since then. So it, it's about in-house proprietary data. Yeah, but there's, there's an interesting thing there, though. Because whilst it's, it's in-house to, the, to that particular client, but if they... The whole world's about data now, isn't it? It's data collection and also data, how you analyze the data. So if you've got half a dozen clients, let's say, 
they're not all going to have the same data. But if let's say I a couple of years late down the line, I want to buy that care home. If there's being able to tap into someone else's data is very valuable for me, isn't it? Is there not is there not a way that you can cross share your data amongst your clients? I think we see a world where we will allow our clients to introduce deals you know, to one another electronically via Coyote. So from one Coyote customer to another Coyote customer, they can do that. But that's not what, you know, that's certainly not our focus at the moment. Our focus is, you know, like Andy said earlier, that there are so many things we would love to explore. But right now, especially because we've only just really, um, we're pretty young in terms of our commercialization journey and in terms of our bringing on clients, we just want to make sure that we nail what we're doing first and we get really, really good at it and our customers get really happy about it. Um, and then we can, I think, broaden out from there. That's interesting. What 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 have you got planned? You said what sort oh, of. Oh, I don't know if you can. What sort of areas do you do you want to do you want to go down? I think there are. I mean, there are lots of areas around. Um, there there are different parts of the uh, different, maybe slightly different user groups um, that might use our system in a slightly different way, perhaps. You know, if you think the Coyote market part of our platform, for example, is all about investment managers receiving introductions from agents and then figuring out, you know, the best way to, to, to buy those and, and going through the buy process. You know, it would it, it's not drastically different, obviously, if than if you are a small niche investment agent and needing to track all that deals and who you've introduced them to and whether they've been interested and whether they've put through. So there, there are different um you know subsets that we can that we can definitely look into i think in terms of the core product you know we've got a, just a huge feature set um that we're just still desperate to, to to build out i don't know if you can see in the background you know we've, for a tech company it's quite old school but we've got all these post-its behind us and you know yes. each one of those post-its represents some some new feature or, or piece of functionality that we're really keen to develop you know the they're sort of in order and the pink ones are all our customer driven ones. That's our most important and our short term roadmap. That's features that our customer, you know, our client services team are getting day in, day out from our customers. And, you know, because we always, it's a cliche, but we always say that we're built by property people for property people. And now we're not property people anymore. We have to make sure that our customers take on that role and, and, and keep helping drive the product. So we don't ever build something we think they want. We build what they actually, you know, need. Can you? So uh, I, I can ask you. I don't know if you're able to say this, or you have to. What big agents have on board? You said. Did you say JLL or was that Leverton? Leverton have got. You're JLL, aren't you? JLL is with you guys, isn't it? I think you said. Yeah, JLL. yeah. We we've got JLL, Savills, and CBRE at ours. It's interesting. And what does that? What documents are they using it for? For their management side. They they will just put through leases, and it can be in different areas of their business. So it can be property and asset management, it can be in corporate solutions, it can be in bread and butter lease administration. So throughout their businesses. And guys, Coyote, are you able to say which agents you've got on board? Um, we made a deal because this is recorded in public. We have to be really, really careful, just because we have a clause in our contract where for, until they've been up and live for six months, we okay. don't. Um, but um, a couple of the we could tell you, but we'd have to kill you, which is probably not a good idea. Can tell you offline. Tell me offline. I'm just interested. Okay, no problem. No worries. No worries. Just you know. But is it okay? But the point is, you have got some of the big names on board. That's the key thing, isn't it? How many small? Okay, here's the thing. How many small firms have you got on board? We've we've got a real real mix. We've got you know the the five man investment company right through to you know a FTSE 100 and in between as well. So we have got a really sort of nice mixed portfolio of clients. 
And the five man, I'm very interested, the five man investment company, which area of your product are they using the most, do you think? Is it, is, uh, it, to th is it to create a, pro a report to the client? Yeah, they're using Coyote Manage to really effectively manage their deal flow. And, and you know, when, especially when they're small teams, they want to be able to maximize the amount of things that they can look at and analyze um, to, to, to try and make sure they buy the best value for their clients. So, you know, it, it's to be able to track all of that. And then because we can then through the platform generate their request for finance proposals, we'll generate their IC packs or their board packs or, you know, it allows them to do a lot more with a lot less people. Hmm. What's I'm going to ask everyone a controversial question, actually. And I'd be interesting, Douglas. You've come in. I'm going to ask you as an as an. Can I say old school? Am I allowed to say old school? Actually, you've already answered it a bit, actually. But I'm very. In, where do we think agencies going? Because it's interesting that you guys have got some small niche agencies as clients. I I, I just wonder where the agency world's going, actually. Because the introduction that we all have lived off in the UK it doesn't exist anywhere else, you know. So I just, I, it's quite an odd thing, isn't it? When I mean, you, Doug, you've come on board with us because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you're quite interested in the way we're a sales business rather than introductory business. Absolutely, yes. Um, I think the um, the biggest issue is that we're moved away from a brokerage. I think the brokerage culture has just has just changed and. And oh, clients nice. want uh, introduction, understood introduction. They don't. And that, that's the biggest on the buy side. Oh, we've got some problems. We've got some problems hearing you, Doug. Are you? Oh, Are got, you hearing me, Neil? Yeah, yeah. We've got. It must be. It must be something wrong with the lines in Scotland. They're not quite as sharp as in London. Try again. You were saying the intro, You were saying the introductions. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to recap. Um, I think that the the, the biggest issue is is, is that, that we're moved away from a brokerage culture now, and people are not prepared to just pay a fee because they were they were told by an agent who heard before someone else that's you should that you should buy this. I think that the clients are looking for an all round service. They're looking for um, advisors that they can trust that really know the markets they're buying into. Um, and that's where you can, I think IT used with that, whether it's on the buy side or the sell side, can come into it own, can come into its own. It, it makes um, it makes the the professionalism of the uh, the advisor uh, so much more uh, focused and um, understood than than it was in the, than it was in the past. Actually, I've got an interesting. I've got a question for you guys. In, uh, I'm, um, I don't know. You know, you said that you're just you've got small agencies using the coyote for the deal flow. For introductions, are there? Is there a role for it on sales in terms of tracking the sales pipeline? I think um, that was what I was starting to allude to in, the, in 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 one of those sort of next steps that I think we see us going down. You know, because we've been focused much more on the investment manager rather than the investment agency. Um, it's just yeah, we haven't quite gone okay. there. Okay, interesting. Okay, okay, interesting. Okay, good. So tell me, James. What's next for Leverton? So you've cracking the you're cracking the property market. Your 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 focus is purely property, yeah. You don't get in. Does that include property lawyers? Yeah, absolutely. It includes property lawyers. Um, yeah, um, property has obviously been our focus for much of what we do. Um, one area that's been a big growth area for us is an accounting change called IFRS 16, 
which means that all corporates have to recapitalize all their leased assets and bring them onto the balance sheet. So for a business that's historically reviewed a lot of lease documentation, it's a really nice opportunity for our business. So we've won some really substantial mandates in, in that world. So the reason why I mentioned this is because this could be varying lease types. So it could be car leases, it could be plane leases, it could be any number of leased asset groups, machinery leases, etc. Um, so I think the scope for us is we'll continue to focus in property, definitely. Um, but we are looking at other verticals, things like loan documentation, um, other contractual uh, agreements that other clients have as well. And it's, it's largely dri uh, driven by the commercials and where we see need, I think. Um, but we, we've always wanted, similar to the Coyote guys, to have a, a real focus. And we want to be very good at one area and then expand from there rather than being a bit of jack of all trades. Is, is your, um, when someone uses Leverton, yeah. is the document uploaded to a cloud-based area? Yes. Who owns that? Um, so the, the data will sit on our servers. Um, the client, it's still the client's data, um, but it will sit on our servers. Okay, because we've all got this GDPR fun and yeah. games to deal with, haven't we? As of we, yeah. 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 So, all right. So, what? So, for you, you're focusing on developing the property side out. Yes. So I, I, what I would say to our audience, if there's any lawyers, and you want an introduction to James, please let us know. More than delighted. Um, and then when you get to when your client gets to sell, you know who's the phone to sell it for you. But by all means, we'd love to introduce you to James, and he can and he can help you. And in terms of the Coyote guys, again, if you want to try uh, and have, a, if you want us to introduce you to um, Ollie or Andy and you want to learn more about Coyote, please let us know. So I'm just, I like to mention that because some people forget. Because off the back of these hangouts, we've certainly had a cross sell and we've certainly had people um, make use of being introduced to the people. And this is very much a tech area. And I think tech is where it's all going. I think that the agency world is under enormous strain from technology companies like um, uh, Leverton and Coyote, not that they're trying to disrupt the uh, agency world, it's just it's, it's bending very much so. So I think, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of, I think I'm out, I think I'm clear. I think, Mike, anyone else got any questions? Uh, Graham, we haven't heard much from you, probably because you need to get a new headset, mate. No, you can't hear. You can't I've, got, hear. I've got a question for James. Go. James, I was just curious. You, you, you're obviously active across different markets, you know, here, yeah. America, Berlin. Um, given that the legal systems differ mm. in, in, in those countries and the documents will differ, you know, so a lease here will be completely different to a lease in America and etc. How, how, how does that work in terms of your AI? Do you have to have like a different model per country or I'm just curious how, how that works across the different markets? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so our platform at the moment can do, we, we operate in 30 different languages. Um, so a whole host of different jurisdictions. You're completely correct in the legal framework uh, changing between jurisdictions and also just the structure of contracts and things like that as well. Um, so really for our business, it's understanding uh, you know the nuances within the legal systems so understanding what's relevant in a certain market and what isn't in others so in the uk we have the lta act but in other markets you might have another variant of that 
Um, so it's really understanding the local market uh, legalities, and we've had a lot of experience in that. And then the platform is trained with um, a whole a host of different documentation in a variety of different languages and um, legal frameworks as well. So we've seen a really diverse range and variance in, uh, in the documentation. So we're very adept to handling all these different uh, legal jurisdiction areas and differences. Um, so I think that's a real advantage of our product. We see customers engage with using us because they don't necessarily understand the legal framework in the local market. So, you know, do you understand the legal framework in, in Austria or do you understand the legal framework in France even? So uh, we see a lot of clients uh, engaging with us for these reasons. Question for you. Have, have you got, have I got this right? If you're, if you use AI mm. to decipher the information from a German lease. Yeah. Can you, is it, can you translate it instantly to English? Um, the translate part, we're, we're not a translation business, um, but what we have done, which I think is, is quite clever, is that where you can break things down into a limited number of variables or fields, we're able to translate those. So use of space in property, for example, might be office, retail, residential, whatever it may be. Um, and that is obviously a limited number of outcomes um, and we would translate each outcome into a different language so in theory you can probably interpret i don't know the actual numbers but let's say 50 percent of your german lease in english if you're looking through it yeah oh interesting okay okay right guys question for you now i've got another question for you what is the most significant technology that you see coming forward in the next 12 months that's put you on the spot hasn't it I'm not saying this just to suck up to uh, to James. Um, I think it's got to be around the use of AI and machine learning in, in, in real estate. There are so many areas in which that can be used, not just for obviously the amazing way that they're currently using it and for document abstraction, but actually I think as the data sets start getting larger and more open, the potential to start using that to understand you know, markets and start looking at forward-looking market trends and, you know, landlords being able to use that to analyze their portfolios to bring out risk that they didn't even know they had, I think is really, really, really exciting. Did interest you to say that. Did you know that we've actually got an AI product at Click2Purchase these days? I did didn't. I, you no, didn't. Tell so what we did actually, it's 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 yeah it, it it it's it's very new. What we what we've got one of the sales channels that we have a click to purchase is an auction channel. But I mean, click to purchase is an online execution channel, which any people who watch will be familiar with. But one where you know people make private treaty offers and then we accept them online or by best offers. But we also had an auction channel, but not an eBay style auction channel. We had an auction channel where you would you know, type away, "Hello everyone, welcome to today's auction," and it was a um, I might even want to find it. Find a few. It was an. It was a. Um, um, a, a live auction conducted by um, a live auctioneer interacting and bidding with bidding, conducting the bidding against. You know, as, as exactly as if you were in the ballroom, but it was all done online. Anyway, we found that we there was a demand from agents who were interested in using what we would do it using our product for an automation. So we were thinking of doing an eBay style auction system, even though I don't actually like eBay style systems for all sorts of reasons, partly because I don't think they are legally binding, but that's another story. We thought what well, having created 
a live auction, why don't we put an artificial intelligence behind it? So we've now, I can show you actually, if you're interested, now that you brought, now you brought it up. This, this is our auction. Uh, can you see that? This is our auction. And it is being conducted by an artificial intelligence. So Gabby, the reason we chose Gabby is because you've got the A and the I. And we've got Alexa and we've got Siri, so we thought we'd have Gabby. So when people are bidding in an auction online, you've got the AI is actually controlling and learning and, and, mon and actually cutting the bid increments and encouraging bids, et cetera, et cetera. So we've also started to step into the world of artificial intelligence. And what we, are, what we think will happen is that over time, we'll collect the data, we'll learn how often should you cut the bid increments, what time delay before you accept an offer, and so on. So we've also sort of stepped into the AI, the AI world. So this is, and I, I think this is, um, it's a very different auction system online to the eBay style system, which I think is quite um, anonymous, really. And I don't really think it's, listen, I wouldn't, I would say it's not as good as ours, wouldn't I? But I really don't think it is because it doesn't create digital contracts. It doesn't create um, digital signatures. But that's our, that's our world of AI, actually. So we've also, we're also, ste we're stepping in it. We're trying to get into that world as well. I think that's why it's so exciting, just because the, you know, the potential and the applications are so broad reaching. Yeah. Yeah, it's not in property, but I saw a really interesting application of AI recently in machine learning, which was um, being run by Google. Obviously, they have very deep pockets for investment in these areas, but um, they, they have a service now whereby you can basically instruct a, um, like a secretary or like a almost like a Siri kind of function on your phone. And it will go away and book appointments for you. And it will actually make the phone conversation to the person or the place you're trying to book an appointment and have that conversation on your behalf and then just send you the details when it's been booked. There's a, a really good example of that on YouTube. So you should check it out. It's probably the most impressive thing I've seen on AI recently. Okay, so right. It's so, it's so cool. They were all, and they're, sorry, jump in. They were also saying, weren't they, James, that the other way they can use that is they typically Google, like, scrape websites to get, like, opening hours of businesses. Yeah. But then they really struggle during bank holidays because they don't necessarily, yeah, businesses won't it. necessarily publish it. So they can then start using that technology to make automated phone calls to businesses and then saying, hi, uh, what time do you open, you know, and close. And then they just take that data, log it into Google, and then they, that's accessible to millions and millions of people through one uh, AI-based phone call. It's very, very cool. Exactly. Amazing. That whole thing's, that whole thing's amazing. So, James, other than AI, what's your, what do you think the most significant technology is for the next 12 months? Uh, probably the Internet of Things. Uh, I feel like that's a consensus view, but um, I think it's probably accurate. So using data to mine how connected devices are actually... Uh, performing and, and doing things. I think that's an incredibly interesting area. I can think I, all, yeah, go can on. Can I just ask you, for people who don't really understand, what does the internet, what is the internet of things? So the internet of things is sort of uh, acknowledging that more and more devices nowadays are connected. So for example, you might even have your fridge connected to the internet or, you know, your heating system. So you can actually turn it on by an application. A whole host of household appliances, even your car, could be very much connected to the internet. And what the Internet of Things does is use those connected devices and the data that they collect as they're being used to actually feed back to the manufacturers and feed back to the broader market as well. So it could be something as simple as um, a car is connected and it has details about you know, your certain usage patterns of the car and how that affects tire wear 
or something like that. It could be anything like that. And then Michelin can use that data to improve how they, I don't know, produce tires or something like that. So it, mm. it's using that, it's using sort of the data of connected devices. Mm, mm. Um, Dale, what do you think the most significant technology is coming in the next 12 months? Uh, is that a loaded question, Neil? What? I would, uh, I, I, I would say, I don't know, the, 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 the AI auctions sounds very exciting to me. Yes. What do you think is the most I think the technology coming around? Well, as blockchain is just becoming more and more used, I think. At it's... last, at last, someone <laughs> with vision. <laughs> I, I knew it would come from youth. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Sorry, Ed, I cut across you. You saved the day. <laughs> yes. Um, um, so you're saying blockchain? Yeah, it just seems to be the exciting way of doing things it's so much easier to you know now that i think certainly the past year that people are sort of waking up to the realization of how much easier it is to do everything through blockchain um so many transactions across all industries not just in property but um yeah it's it's something that i haven't been that exposed to in the past and you know i've only been here for just over a week but i've sort of learning the process of how it all works and it's you know, it's still a bit alien, but um, it's just fascinating. I think it's just going to speed everything up. And, you know, I've spent so much time waiting in the past for solicitors to do things and various people to do things. And um, it kind of eliminates a lot of that lag and, and waiting time for everything. So that would, uh, yeah, be my my answer. Excellent. Excellent. I, I think Ed's going to go a long way. Um, guys, what do you think about blockchain? Have you got any views about the, the influence of it in our industry? Oh, why can't we hear you? Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Can I hear you? Go. No. So I'm seeing if James is going to go first. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I, I was sort of waiting to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. Um, I think blockchain is definitely one to watch. I think it's you know, has some really interesting potential applications. Um, it's, yeah, I think it's probably, if I'm being honest, overhyped a little bit at the moment. Like I think there are probably more things that are going to happen first before something really significant happens with blockchain. I think it's probably a little bit uh, further down. But uh, yeah, you know, obviously a really exciting platform on which to, to build things. I'd love to know if there's a way we could um, actually integrate in some ways what we do. Um... Um, with you guys, actually, I have to have to have to chat with you about it. I don't know, actually, I don't know, but we we do. I mean, you're familiar. We we use blockchain. We use blockchain ledgers now. We record um, online exchanges in blockchain. So the deal that actually Dale was talking about earlier, which we did today, would already be recorded in the click to purchase blockchain. So um, I think it's interesting where and um, where that's all going. James, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I'm tempted to, well, I, I do agree with the Coyote guys. I think um, it's an era of technology that is definitely incredibly interesting. Um, you, you sort of mentioned the year time frame. Um, so what's going to be the most exciting technology in the next year? I, I don't think necessarily that will be blockchain. I think 
it's really great that you guys are applying it and it seems like you're applying it in a really good way. Um, but I don't think many people are at this stage. So I think it's, it's got the potential that, you know, artificial intelligence and machine learning has and, and beyond potentially. But um, I think at this stage, there's still quite a lot of unknowns. So I think some of those have been cleared out for the machine learning side of things. So people are, um, are actually using it more readily and it's actually, you're seeing some of the applications more frequently. Um, whereas blockchain, I think is, is more of a, academic concept on the whole so far but like i say you guys are applying it so you're proving me wrong hmm watch this space let's watch this space all right let's but it's it um, anyway i look guys we've been on for an hour we've all got um, I, I just want to thank you guys very much if anyone's got any other questions for the guests anyone no yes no well, it's been great. This has been great. It's really interesting. So as I said to you earlier, please, anybody, if you want an introduction to Coyote or Leverton, please get in touch and we will put, we will put you in touch. And um, remember, you if um, you just caught the back end of this, you can listen to it on your podcast or you can watch um, again on YouTube. And um, that's it. So I'm going to, the last thing I just I have to mention, remember, we always, to prove that you've been watching before you get your CPD certificate, we have a CPD question every week. I think an appropriate question this week is what the guests think is going to be the most influential technology in the next 12 months. We've covered that. If you've got the answer, put that on an email or when you call us and we'll give you a CPD certificate. So, guys, can I just thank you, Ollie, Andy, thank you so much from Coyote. Um, wish you luck and um, hopefully you'll get 2.2 billion like Zoopla soon. All right. Um, thank you, Neil. Thank you. Uh, James, thank you very much. And again, I, I will, I'll be delighted to introduce people to Leverton uh, if we get the opportunity. Doug, Thanks, Doug, welcome. Thank you for joining us on our, on the first hangout. Um, Graham, why, <laughs> Graham, I think you should learn sign language actually, Graham. And uh, as your headset doesn't work. Ed, welcome. Thank you. Dale, thank you very much. Thank you. And that's it. So please watch the our next google hangout will be in three weeks time watch this space thank you very much bye